0: Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award-winning agents who will walk you through the process step by step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work-life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com. Today is October 5th, 2022, and our first story. Poland is requesting nuclear weapons sharing with the U.S. This could mean the deployment of nuclear arms into Polish territory, a direct escalation and confrontation with Vladimir Putin. Ukraine has begun evacuation preparation and distribution of potassium iodide tablets in preparation for a Russian nuclear strike. This could be the beginnings of World War III. In our next story, Elon Musk, in finalizing his moves to buy Twitter, has seemingly sparked a purge, with many users reporting they are bleeding users, followers are disappearing. And in our last story, illegal immigrants caught looting in Florida and DeSantis is pissed. If you like the show, give us a good review, leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. In a shocking development, Poland is now formally requesting U.S. nuclear weapons be placed in its country. We have already delivered many weapons, material, as they call it, to Poland, such as Apache helicopters for tank busting. But there are many reports coming out suggesting that Russia could attack Poland. I don't know exactly why they would attack Poland, but they could. Perhaps it's because the U.S. knows something about the sabotage of the Nord Stream pipelines, of which they belong to Russia for the most part. And the damage to these pipelines was done just off of Polish and Danish waters. Now, of course, the West is blaming Russia for blowing up their own pipeline, but it seems kind of odd that Russia would blow up its own pipeline, especially when you have Antony Blinken saying that this is a tremendous opportunity for the West to shut off European dependence on Russian fuel. This is very, very bad for Russia. Right now in Ukraine, they are preparing for a nuclear strike. Evacuation centers are being set up and they've begun handing out potassium iodide tablets. Poland has already been doing this. I suppose if a strike was to come from Russia into Poland, it would have to be through Kaliningrad, a small Russian territory, an oblast, I believe, as I pronounce. probably pronouncing it wrong, surrounded by several NATO states. Russia has concerns about their ability to to provide supplies and resources to this location. And Lithuania has tried blocking access in the past. Russia has, of course, threatened this. So, my friends, are we knocking on the door of World War III? We may be. I mean, across the board, all over the U.S., they are warning that a nuclear strike is completely possible. But maybe this is just saber rattling. My concern is that Russia seems to want the eastern region of Ukraine. And that's it. I don't know if Russia really wants to go to war with NATO, but NATO has already placed itself at war with Russia. Russian pundits have already said this is a war against NATO, because without support, Ukraine would not be fighting this long. Now, if you watch Western media, they're going to tell you that Ukraine is winning. They're pushing back Russia. But if you watch Russian media, if you look at deeper pockets of the Internet, They'll tell you that Vladimir Putin has not yet begun to fight. In fact, Russia hasn't even declared this to be a war yet, and they've just now mobilized troops for an actual serious military conflict. With Russia being pushed back, assuming the news is true, in fact, it just signals we are getting closer and closer to a real nuclear strike. Russia fearing that the West is taking over and pushing close to their borders, effectively gaining control of their entire Western Front, that could be perceived as an existential threat. Now, there's a couple different rumors going around as to why Putin is doing this. Some are saying that the war hawks in Russia are demanding Putin go to war and use everything they can to win, while others suggest that the inner circle is outraged to At Vladimir Putin entering a war, he cannot win. And I'll only tell you this, it's all propaganda. What's really going on, we won't know. And I'm sure Vladimir Putin knows to a certain degree. I'm sure NATO countries know to a certain degree. They know substantially more than we do. We sit back and we see the news reporting, and the best we can do is assume that much of it is true, while trying to be careful about what may be actually false. What they are saying now That Vladimir Putin has deployed a nuclear submarine containing the apocalypse weapon, Poseidon, a tsunami bomb. Some have said it won't work. We've tried it before. Geophysical warfare, they call it, I believe. Some have argued this will send a radioactive tidal wave over a city. We're also seeing reports, again, I covered this uh, a few days ago, about a nuclear, let's just call it a team or division. Of the Russian military responsible for maintaining and deploying rockets and nuclear weapons. This train has been seen on the move. So some believe that we are actually headed towards a nuclear war. But I wonder if it is just the West trying to saber rattle to justify nuclear deployment. It's a scary thought. If the West does send nuclear weapons to Poland, do you think Russia is going to just be like, no, we're cool. All of this will pressure Russia into actually utilizing tactical nuclear weapons, nuclear artillery, and potentially nuclear torpedoes, and maybe even ICBMs. Let's read the story. Let's get into the news. Before we do, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to support our work as a member. You'll get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast, uncensored members only Monday, members only Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m and you'll be supporting our journalists. They're only able to keep these jobs and keep working because you as members keep the website supported. And we really do appreciate it. Don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's first jump to this breaking news. Poland is in talks with US about nuclear weapons sharing. Ah, Yes, nuclear weapons sharing, they call it. I call it the deployment of nuclear arms into Polish territory. Look, you want to call it nuclear weapons sharing. What does that mean? Does it mean that Poland would have the ability to call up and say, hey, can you fire an ICBM? Or does it mean we are going to start sending nuclear weapons into Poland, which will directly threaten Russia? Yeah, it's uh, it's that one. Stars and Stripes reports. Poland has spoken to the U.S. about sharing atomic weapons. President Andrzej, I'm pronouncing that wrong, probably, Andrzej, Duda said a provocative statement that comes as Western nations confront Russia over its invasion of Ukraine. The U.S. and NATO have publicly stated they have no plan to deploy nuclear weapons in countries that joined the alliance after the collapse of communism more than three decades ago. The White House official said they were unaware of the issue being raised and referred further questions to Poland's government. The Biden admin is seeking to walk a fine line between between supplying Ukraine with advanced weaponry while avoiding moves that would cause the Kremlin to further escalate the conflict. Poland, NATO's largest member from the former Warsaw Pact, is one of the most vocal proponents of bolstering the alliance's eastern flank. Quote, the problem, first of all, is that we don't have nuclear weapons, Duda said in an interview with the Gazeta Polska newspaper published on Wednesday. There is always a potential opportunity to participate in nuclear sharing. Ah, yes, nuclear sharing. They say nuclear sharing can comprise anything from offering escort or reconnaissance jets for a nuclear mission or offering dual-capable aircraft available for nuclear roles to actually hosting an ally's nuclear weapons. Allies such as Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands, Italy, and Turkey host U.S. nuclear weapons on their soil, according to the Center for Arms Control and Nonproliferation. A senior diplomat in Warsaw said Duda's comments could potentially include any of those activities. The diplomat, who declined to be named because he wasn't authorized to speak publicly on the matter, said hosting the weapons would be in the security interest of Poland the, the region and all of Europe. The Polish president didn't specify who he's spoken with at the U.S. government. Hosting nuclear weapons would defy warnings from President Vladimir Putin that Russia will respond to any expansion of the alliance's military capabilities in its former backyard. In April, Jaroslaw Kaczynski, Poland's de facto leader as the head of the ruling Law and Justice Party, told the German Welt am Sonntag newspaper that his country was open to hosting U.S. nuclear weapons. Quote, We have spoken to American leaders about whether the U.S. is considering such a possibility of Poland sharing the weapons due to told the newspaper. The topic is open. Putin has in the past days hinted that further escalation in Ukraine may involve arms that haven't been used in war since 1945. Before invading Ukraine, he demanded NATO roll back to positions it held in 1997. Before the rush of former communist countries to join the alliance's protective umbrella, against their former Soviet master. In April, Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov said Poland's government has recently caused deep concern. The line is extremely militant, anti-Russian, and the proposed actions, of course, can only lead to a further increase in tension on the continent, according to Prime State News news Agency. Poland is also holding separate talks with a number of countries, including the US, about acquiring atomic energy. All right, let's jump to this story from express.co.uk. And there's more. Poland has already received weapons from the US, obviously. NATO would have to respond. World War 3 fears ramp up over worries of Russian attack on Poland. They say the likelihood of Putin launching a strike against a NATO ally rises by the day as the Russian leader has few options left, few options left to win the war, a US senator warned. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award winning agents who will walk you through the process step by step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work-life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Since Vladimir Putin's annexation of four Ukrainian regions to Russia, Military experts have warned an attack with NATO equipment on one of the regions could be interpreted as an offensive on Russia's territorial sovereignty. The West's continuous supply of NATO weapons to Ukraine could then plunge the military alliance into a direct conflict with the Russian Federation. U.S. Senator Marco Rubio said his main concern is that Russian troops could target a distribution point in a NATO country like Poland, raising the prospect of a third world war. Raising it? You know, the Pope says we're already fighting it. And so have many others. Marco Rubio said, quote, I think that it is quite possible they could end up striking some of these distribution places where these supplies are coming through, including inside Poland. A lot of talk about nuclear, but I think the thing I worry most about is a Russian attack inside a NATO country, for example, aiming at the airport in Poland or some other distribution point. CNN's Dan Abash asked, what would NATO would asked Would NATO have to respond? Rubio says, well, I think it would depend on the nature of the strike and how the other allies within NATO would respond. There certainly would be an attack on one. And therefore, certainly NATO would have to respond to it. How will it respond? I think a lot of it will depend on the nature of the attack and the scale and the scope of it. I don't. I think it'll trigger Article 5 right away. That an attack on one is an attack on all. But let's think about this for a second. If Poland is transferring weapons from NATO to Ukraine, what do you think Vladimir Putin's options are? This is a country directly supplying weapons against you. If you were standing there and a guy was shooting at you and someone keeps handing him ammo, are you going to be like, that guy's not involved? I'm not fighting that guy. Yeah, no. You're involved. It's a ridiculous prospect. This is NATO is at war with Russia, hands down. This is ridiculous. Senator Rubio added, He was more concerned about an attack on a NATO country than Putin executing his nuclear threat. His main fear, he said, is that Putin will conduct an attack against a NATO supply center inside a place like Poland. That would certainly raise the specter of a direct Russian attack against the NATO alliance. Sure. But what if NATO wants to directly intervene? Already, the Nord Stream pipeline has been sabotaged. Why would Russia sabotage it? No idea. But the West is claiming that Russia did. Okay. What if they did? What if Russia actually did this to justify their expansion? What's to stop the West from, say, claiming that Russia attacked them in Poland to justify direct confrontation in this war? I'm not going to pretend anybody is a good guy in war. War is about winning. That's the game. So if the West needs a reason to send in the full might of its military, why wouldn't it stage an attack on Poland? A bomb goes off at a military distribution center for Ukraine. They say it was clearly Russia attacking Ukrainian supply lines, but now they've gone too far. Think about it this way. Nord Stream gets sabotaged. So who got attacked? Why isn't NATO responding? Oh, that's right. Nord Stream is, I think, 51% controlled, uh, is owned by Russia. So it wasn't like Denmark or Poland got attacked. So NATO ain't doing anything. Makes you wonder about who really attacked this. From Stars and Stripes, acquisition of Apaches, other U.S. material to make Poland formidable on NATO flank, Envoy says. Here's what I think. I think the U.S. has been sending weapons to NATO allies. Poland, for instance. I'm sure a lot of weapons have found their way into Estonia, Lithuania. But they're they're keeping it on the DL. No, no, no. The war is only Ukraine. But you'd be nuts if you thought NATO wasn't preparing for a full-scale war. They are. They're sending Apaches to, to Poland. This is from a couple weeks ago. What do you think Russia's doing? Do you think Russia's sitting there being like, nah, nah, we're not going to war with NATO? No, no, no. They already think they're at war with NATO. So where do we go from here? I think nuclear weapons are a real possibility. As I've mentioned several times, low yield. Maybe it comes to ICBMs. Stars and Stripes uh, reports. Poland's plans to acquire nearly 100 tank killer Apache helicopters from the U.S. will be a difference maker for NATO. A top American diplomat said this week in touting initiatives intended to bolster the alliance's crisis response plans, quote, if Russian tanks threaten an inch of NATO territory, those Apache helicopters will stop them in their tracks. U.S. Ambassador to Poland, Mark Brzezinski, said in a speech highlighting Warsaw's role in defending NATO's eastern flank. Apache helicopters are an armored vehicle's worst nightmare. They are tank killers. Brzezinski's remarks come as Poland is taking steps to boost its defenses and standing in NATO's military pecking order. Recent acquisition efforts involve billions of dollars in U.S. military hardware. I love this. We hear these reports about, the you know, uh, here we go. Biden approved $625 million aid package for Kiev. Ukraine pushes further into territory annexed by Moscow. I love these stories. Yeah, we're giving billions of dollars to Ukraine. What about Poland, Estonia, Lithuania? What about any other NATO ally? Yeah, we're not hearing about that, but I'm willing to bet a lot of money is being sent their way. Items it intends to add to its arsenal include M1A1 Abrams tanks, Patriot missiles, HIMARS, and F-35 fighter planes. And earlier this month, Poland said it will purchase 96 Apache helicopters from the U.S., These helicopters work well with Abrams tanks. Together, they are a tremendous force. Brzezinski echoed those comments, saying the equipment will ensure that American and Polish soldiers can work as one. During NATO's June summit in Madrid, President Biden said a base in Poznan would become the first permanent U.S. garrison in Central and Eastern Europe. The location serves as the headquarters for the Army's V Corps, which oversees land force movements in Europe. I think NATO has been gearing up for this war for some time. Now, let's jump over to this map. Let's take a look at Google Maps here. And we got this uh, little pin dropped in Kaliningrad. It's important to understand the geography. Here's Russia, big old Russia. Here's Ukraine. Russia's coming in here and trying to take this whole strip on the eastern, uh, southeast Ukraine and Crimea. Belarus is, of course, assisting Russia. You then have Latvia, Estonia on the border with Russia. But Lithuania also does border Russia. But Kaliningrad, Kaliningrad is isolated from Russia by Latvia and Lithuania and uh, technically just just those countries. But with Belarus on Putin's side, there's talk about potentially opening up a corridor from Kaliningrad through Poland into Belarus. There is a good reason why Russia would attack Poland. One stop supplies being delivered to Ukraine. I believe it's coming through Lviv, but it could probably be coming from a bunch of different areas. Russia could use some kind of guided missile strike to take out these positions to stop the supply coming in, but they could do it in Ukraine to avoid any claim they're going after Poland. But the other reason is that there was recently a controversy with Lithuania blocking supplies coming in and going to Kaliningrad. Kaliningrad is Russia. It's a Russian oblast. If they don't get resources Putin will intervene to make sure his people are getting what they need. Now, one potential is that they go through Poland, cutting a slice through here to connect Kaliningrad to Belarus or to at least create a corridor allowing them to travel. This, an act of war. Right now, they're operating on the good graces of Lithuania and Poland. And the very interesting thing about all of this is that while war is currently raging, man, they're trying really hard not to go full scale. I wonder what it would mean if Putin were to declare a full scale war on Ukraine right now, Russia is still delivering some energy. Russia is still negotiating with Lithuania. Lithuania is still allowing Russian goods to travel. Why? Why not shut them down, block off the borders, cut them all off and say war? I can't tell you. It seems like everybody is hesitant to go that far, but we are going that far. Now, Kaliningrad is a powerful piece of territory for Russia. It gives them access to the Baltic, puts them very close to the Nord Stream where Nord Stream was sabotaged. You could argue that Russians from Kaliningrad went out and sabotaged the pipeline and tried to make it look like it was the West. We won't know, man. Welcome to the fog of war. But here's where it gets interesting. A viral meme petition, Czech petition on annexing Kaliningrad from Russia signed by thousands. I don't think Putin's going to be too happy about stuff like this. Take a look at this. Lithuanian man accidentally crosses into Kaliningrad and gets detained for 18 days. Accidentally? A Lithuanian citizen accidentally crossed Russia's border and was detained for 18 days. Russian authorities also interrogated him during this time, as reported by Lithuanian public media LRT. The man found out that he had crossed into the territory of the Russian enclave only when he noticed a border patrol. One of the officers was aggressive and threatened him. I just did what he said. I responded as much as I understood. At some point, I found the situation a bit absurd. How can he expect me to be some kind of spy or something when I was just lost? Well, of course he would. What are you doing? These soldiers came from behind me with automatic rifles with fingers on triggers, and they kept saying, if you run, we will shoot you. As he was being dragged away, the officers whispered to one another. The Lithuanian man says he feared they might shoot him in the back of the head. He was then blindfolded and put in solitary confinement. While in detainment, he was interrogated by an Oman officer, and who asked him provocative questions, such as his opinion about the Russian-Ukrainian war and so on. The man spent several days in solitary. He was then brought to a refugee center where he spent more than two weeks. There he was able to read, play chess and do sports. He was also allowed to use his mobile mobile phone for an hour every day. He remained detained in Russia for 18 days with mediation from Vilnius. He was successfully returned to Lithuania. Could it have been a spy? That's probably what Russia thought. Why? Why? Well, here you go from Insider. U.S. spy planes appear to be monitoring a Russian enclave in Europe, possibly looking for signs of nuclear weapons activity. Flight tracking websites have spotted U.S. spy planes flying around the Russian enclave of Kaliningrad. So uh, Kaliningrad is being spied on. Dude then crosses the border. Russia doesn't take it lightly. My friends, we are dangerously close to very serious war. I covered this story before. But it bears repeating in the context: rare video shows Russia moving equipment belonging to a nuclear weapons unit. Conrad, Conrad Mazika says, "Why 12th Gumo? It is not about trucks, as it was mentioned in the Guardian. According to our knowledge and military analysts we work with, this Vistral vehicle with a 30 millimeter turret is used solely as protection for 12th Gumo. This is the another train with military equipment." is actually carrying a kit belonging to the 12th main directorate of the Russian MOD. The directorate is responsible for nuclear munitions, their storage, maintenance, transport, and issuance to units. Very interesting. This video of a train is a very good example of Russian strategy of trying to increase the pressure on the West and signal. It's maybe not necessarily readiness, but willingness to escalate the situation. Here we go, baby. First thing we see, a shot across the bow nuclear artillery fired, detonating, but missing. The next thing we see, tactical nuclear strikes, small yield weapons to damage Ukrainian military assets. The next thing we see, the targeting of cities, destruction of the economy, shock and awe. The next thing we see after that, mutually assured destruction, I guess. Russia saying we're going to nuke Poland or something to destroy their capability to transport weapons to Ukraine. Ukraine certainly thinks, so, or maybe they're playing dirty games. I don't trust Ukraine. The Hill reports Ukraine capital preparing evacuation centers for possible nuclear strikes. The Daily Mail reports Kyiv gives out potassium iodine pills to evacuation centers in preparation for nuclear attack on Ukraine's capital. This is what I have been saying. It's a precursor. Potassium iodide, it'll help. It's not going to, you get hit by radiation, gamma wave, you're going to be hurting. This is just to prevent radioactive iodine from getting into your thyroid. It is not an end-all be-all protection. They say potassium iodine pills can help block the absorption of harmful radiation by the thyroid gland if taken just before or immediately after exposure to nuclear radiation. All it is is a supplement. Theoretically, you could take some of that salt with added iodine to help. You basically want to maximize your iodine intake. Here's what I've been warning about for those that didn't hear it. Russia will, uh, uh, Russia wants to, sh- to shock and awe, all right? So when I described shot across the bow, new, tactical nuclear strike, nuclear artillery, and then shock and awe, I believe, I wouldn't be surprised if when it gets to that point, Russia uses a lower yield, say 100 kiloton nuclear strike on Kiev, could kill tens of thousands of people, causing permanent damage. Well, causing... Damage that would not be repaired for some time. But will put it that way. It's permanent. You know, we can repair. Against Kiev. Against the capital. Why? Ukrainians, they'll flee. So what you got to understand, there are many men fighting on the front line. They have families back in Kiev. So long as Kiev is safe, they're willing to fight on those front lines. It's not everybody. Maybe not even a majority, but enough. Vladimir Putin accomplishes many things with a nuclear strike on Kiev. He cripples one of the key, uh, it, the key centers of intelligence and operations and command in Ukraine. Many of the commanders probably aren't operating out of Kiev. They're probably operating out of, out of Poland because of the threat. It cripples a large portion of their economy, and it will terrify Ukrainian citizens, those who are taking up arms against Russia. Many of them might just say, I don't want to die in, nu- in nuclear blast. Worse still, when the strike happens, there may be many men who say, my children are in Kiev and I can't get a hold of them. I'm reminded of a scene in the movie The Patriot. Man, one of my favorite movies. I reference it all so often. There's the scene where the British dude burns down the church, kills everybody in it. And then when uh, the main character and his you know, writers come upon the city and they see the wreckage and the, you know the burning rubble of all the buildings burned down, one guy gets up knowing that his wife and kid were in this town and he looks around just completely shocked looks up pulls out his flintlock and blows his brains out Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the US with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the US They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees palm trees evergreens house plants and so much more Whatever you're interested in they have it for you Find the perfect fit for your climate and space That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. That's it. And they y'all know. That's a scary reality, man. He saw that his child and his wife had been murdered, and so he just ended himself. People fight for stuff. But how many people fight for an idea? I think most of us culture warriors, we fight for ideas. And that's the crazy thing, that there are many people unwilling to fight for their own families because they're scared of the risks. But you look at what happens to your families. Right now there's a story from the Post Millennial about a man whose uh, child, his, his wife is divorcing him and wants to uh, medically sterilize his daughter. It's insane. And he's saying he's going to fight back. He's going to the courts and doing everything he can. But if the culture war was fought, if the ideas were battled, this would never have happened. Let's go to Kiev. How many of the people on the front line of Kiev are fighting for an idea? I don't think very many. I think, I think a lot, but I don't think the majority. I think many of them are fighting for survival. They're fighting for their country because it's where they live, but not an idea. How many of them are fighting because their family is at risk? Probably a lot. If Putin bombs Kiev, how many of these people will say I have nothing left to protect? How many of these people will say I need to go back to find my family? This would devastate the morale of Ukraine's fighting force. Ukraine has no capability for fighting back in such a way. And it's not a NATO nation. If if Russia were to use tactical nukes on Kiev, NATO's not going to respond. In fact, there was one tweet that I I read last time we we covered this. Someone said that if Russia was was to strike a NATO country with a nuclear weapon, there would be no US response because only a madman would sacrifice Boston for Poznan. It's a really good point. If Putin gets mad that Poland is acting as a base of operations and he nukes Poznan, a million people live in the surrounding metro area. Do you think the West is going to be like, all right, let's fire at Moscow? Why would they? Do you think they would risk all out nuclear annihilation? I don't. And I don't think anything is accomplished by blowing up Moscow. For Putin, there is something. He needs to shock and awe. Putin is not the kind of guy who will be deterred by shock and awe in his end. I'll put it this way. If the US were to nuke Russian cities, I do not see any scenario where Russia goes, oh, no, please, please, I'll stop. I'll bend the knee. That's not Putin. Putin's a guy who's been in power for decades. Putin's the kind of guy who says, I'll nuke you. Bring it. And the U.S. and Europe are the kind of people who are like, we need to cut our losses. We don't. There you go. That's where I think we are heading. And they're getting ready for a nuclear strike. They are getting ready. I got bad news for everybody. From the Daily Mail. White House says it's clear OPEC is aligning with Putin after Saudi ignored Biden's pleas to cut oil production by two million barrels a day. Gas prices set to soar again in total disaster for Joe. Biden was the most insane choice. Donald Trump was working on American energy independence, and we were damn close to it. Somewhere in the 90 percent. Joe Biden shutters Keystone, and then he goes to OPEC and he's like, come on, work with me. The cut is OPEC's largest since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. It could help Russia keep financing its illegal invasion of Ukraine. And now they're saying the Saudis have sided with Russia. Sided with Russia. The U.S. Is not, as, is not as dominant as it thinks it is. Joe Biden is out of his mind. These, these people running this country, they are going to destroy everything. It's getting bad, my friends. And here's the worst part. A butter shortage. A butter shortage ahead of the holidays. War is hell. How am I supposed to make cookies with no butter? No, I'm half kidding. This is just part of the coming food shortages. We're not going to have access to energy. It's going to be too expensive. That's going to make it hard. So for those of y'all still living in cities, I have very little sympathy. We may agree on politics. You may be stuck. But there's not much more I can say. If you're stuck, I sympathize. If it's very, very difficult to get out. But right now, the signs, the writing on the wall, it is it is screaming in your face. Food shortages, fuel shortages. The economy is in for a serious hit and war is on the horizon, maybe even a civil war at the same time. What are you going to do? We here at Timcastle are working as hard as we can. We got our solar capabilities maxed out. Damistan will be able to operate in the event the grid shuts down because we got a lot of backup power, not enough. We're going to be making sure that we have multiple forms of backup energy. But solar, the point of solar is not to like save money or make money. It's so that we don't need fuel. We are getting energy out of this, the solar network through the sun and it will last us as long as it can last us. And if fuel runs dry or goes to a shortage, we'll still be able to have power to operate. We are looking at getting goats and maybe even a couple cows. Cows will go out and do their cow business, get some dogs and have a little farm, bring on some people who can help with the farming so that we can be somewhat self-sufficient. Now, I'm not going to pretend that we here are survivalists. No, we're 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 city folk expats. But that's why we enlist the help of country folk who know much, much more about this than we do. I have not worried for eggs at all. Don't care for egg prices. Not worried about it. We have too many eggs. We got too many chickens. We got to start eating some of these roosters, but, you know, I guess people don't want to eat them. But when push comes to shove, the food shortage gets bad. I'm going to have chicken wings to eat. I don't know about the rest of you. There was a wing shortage not that long ago. I don't even remember this. A bunch of stores I went to, they didn't have chicken wings. I started selling chicken thighs. And I was like, Thighs are fine. It's just chicken meat, whatever. But where'd the wings go? They were just short. They couldn't produce enough. So normally, I guess thighs go to other products, but they started selling them in restaurants. Whatever. Chicken thighs are good, too. Gas prices are going to skyrocket. This war is not good for you or anyone else. They're getting us involved in a conflict that will make life worse for everyone. Why? Because of Ukraine? They can't justify what they're doing. So here we go, baby. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Ladies and gentlemen, I am shocked. I can't believe the response from so many leftists after it was announced Elon Musk has secured his agreement to purchase Twitter. I'm just shocked to see what I can only describe as hypocrisy and double standards. I never, never would have expected to see this from so many woke individuals and liberal personalities because, of course, everybody knows that they're honest. They're real news. They've never challenged election results. Okay, the bit doesn't really work because that's all they do. But I guess the point of the bit is just to express the opposite of shock. The it's, it's the banal. It's the mundane. It's 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 Elon Musk buying Twitter and us going, OK, OK, you know, count the minutes until they start putting out their hypocrisy. So here's what Elon Musk is saying. He says he's excited to buy Twitter. He's going to make his all in one app. And something about this lawsuit is just weird. I mean, Elon tried backing out of the deal. Now he's back in the deal. Twitter says yes. It's very strange because Elon has every reason to buy Twitter outside of all of this nonsense. Outside of any claims about the Babylon Bee, that may just be an excuse. Elon's trying to build AI. He's trying to build robots. Access to Twitter data? It's going to help him to create an AI or robot. It's going to give him an endless stream of data and responses. That firehouse is extremely powerful for what Elon Musk is working on. Plus, he wants a method of communication, interplanetary communication. Twitter works for that to a certain degree. It might take 20 minutes for your tweet to appear if you're sending it from Mars to Earth. I think it's like 20 minutes, right? 20. But that's Twitter. It doesn't matter if it happens now or happens in 20 minutes. This kind of messaging could work. DMs, all that, it could work. So this is it's greatly beneficial to Elon Musk. But why try to back out? I don't know. No idea. He's saying he wants to create an all-in-one app, and I think Twitter is his path to doing it. I don't know if he's going to actually implement some kind of Doge tipping system like people have suggested, but it's going to be interesting. I think Twitter will have payment processing. It'll be communications. It will be a lot. Now, of course, as you all know, the left is sort of, they're they're losing their mind. These woke employees are are panicking. They're posting these tweets. But I want to start by just highlighting one simple tweet from Robert Reich, who said, When multi-billionaires take control of our most vital platforms for communication, it's not a win for free speech. It's a win for oligarchy. These people are just evil. I I just can't put it any other way. This is the perfect example of a powerful, wealthy individual spitting in your face, laughing about it while sipping his fancy, uh, what kind of drink should he have? Champagne? actually from the Champagne region of France. That's right. He's sipping on that pinkies out, spitting on you over and over again. This is him spitting on you. And when he was defending big tech, that was him spitting on you. These, these liberal elitists, they are, the, the, the Democratic Party is the party of the wealthy elite. It's been that way for almost six years. They've typically, in my view, always been urban elites and urban elitists. And here he is. It's amazing. So you mean Mark Zuckerberg's control of the platform? Who cares? Okay, well, what about Jack Dorsey? Also a billionaire. Who cares? What about Jeff Bezos? Buying Washington Post. Who cares? Elon Musk? Oh no, now it's oligarchy. Here's one. Where, where do we have it? Okay, this guy says it's called fascism. When corporations and government are in control together. You mean like the Alex Berenson lawsuit and the documents that he's released showing that the government was... Asked like was trying to get people banned from big tech, from social media platforms. It's absolutely amazing. And what we're seeing now is interesting in the wake of the news. It's always something weird going on with the news of Elon Musk buying Twitter. A lot of people are reporting that they're losing followers. Now, in April, I think it was around April when it was announced that Elon Musk was going to be buying Twitter. I gained 162,000 followers. That's really weird. In the news following, uh, uh, in the news about Elon Musk now moving forward and, and, and moving past his lawsuit, I have lost 7,435 as of yesterday. I don't know or care. I mean, to be completely honest, over the past month, I've been losing a bunch of followers on Twitter. And it may have to do with the fact that I really just don't like Twitter and don't care. You know, I, I guess I've had periods of gaining followers, but I never. I mean, there's there's a in May I lost followers in 2021. I've gained followers, lost lost followers in the past uh, in the past uh, week or so. I've been losing. I don't know what did I lose about four thousand per uh, on average in the last thirty days. Is that what it is? Well, that makes no sense. How is that? Oh, okay, I gained some, I guess. Oh right, it doesn't show you the full. So I've lost four thousand in the past thirty days, meaning despite losing quite a bit in the last week. I've actually gained a few thousand. But anyway, I digress. You know, I, I've been tweeting things, trying to poke the bear to see like what the rules are. One thing I just want to mention as an aside, I was thinking about cancel culture, the things you can't say publicly, things that are too offensive. And so I was like, what if I advocated for like sterilizing kids and, and aborting babies for the sole purpose of preventing overpopulation? Like if you were to tell someone to spay and neuter their kids because of overpopulation, that should be seen as like shocking and abhorrent. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. That's maybe one of the reasons I'm losing followers. So maybe some people cared, but probably more conservative types. But that was my point. I tweeted something like, have you considered spaying and neutering your kids to prevent overpopulation? To make a point. And that point is that Twitter won't ban you for saying something like that, even though that's substantially worse than what most people get banned for. Anyway, I digress. We've been seeing people lose followers, and I think everyone's actually losing followers. Even Robert Reich himself is down about 119. So my question is, what is going on behind the scenes? There is foul play afoot. I got to say foul play. The fact that I gained all these followers in April and then and and even into May, I gained way more than average. That's really crazy. 162,000 in April, 70,000 in May. And then was it June was thirty seven thousand. I suppose I've had months where I've seen big growth, but that was like during the election, something weird was going on. And what we saw was accounts like Josie, the redheaded libertarian. She had been arbitrarily suspended for no reason. All of a sudden had her account reinstated. Tons of people were pointing out that right when it was announced, Elon would buy Twitter. All of their accounts got reinstated. I wonder if a component of what the lawsuit was and why Elon was doing this was to try and shock and jostle the system. I don't know exactly, but I'll tell you, Elon's whole plan, everything he's doing seems to make no sense. He's like, I'm going to buy it for $54 and 20 cents per share. Then all of a sudden he backs out, says a bunch of, makes a bunch of claims. There's a, there's a weird spike right when they announce he's going to buy it. Then he holds off for several months. Then he says, okay, I'm buying it full price. Everything's fine. Some people are saying it's because he's embarrassed. Maybe. But why not come out and be like, okay, fine, let's end this lawsuit. Fifty forty three billion. Save himself a billion dollars. Why wouldn't he even bother to negotiate down on price? Even if Twitter was in the right. I know how it works with these lawyers and these judges and all that. They're going to say, Twitter, instead of fighting, just say one billion off. Fine. But he just came out and was like, no, it's fine. I have to wonder if he was doing something, if there was something going on behind the scenes we don't know about, because now we're seeing more Twitter user purges. Perhaps many people are saying this is a bot purge, which is why everyone is losing followers, even people like Robert Reich. Here we go. Let's take a look at some of these, uh, these tweets. Ruman Choudhury says, living the plot of succession is effing exhausting. I am sitting on 2023 company-wide strategy readouts, and I guess we're going to collectively ignore ignore what's going on. One person says, uh, tweets by Parker, he says, writing my little emails today, and it shows a little girl crying while drawing with crayons. 2023 planning. Whoa, this is worthless. Yo, y'all knew this was happening. These people, you've had advance warning Elon Musk was going to be buying the company. Did you think he wasn't going to? Twitter was suing to force it. Now, this is a good tweet, by the way. Parker Lyons says, nobody. Meta recruiters for the next 48 hours, and it's this weird what is this? This weird priest that looks like Mark Zuckerberg with the cross, I, I guess. Open arms. That's a good one, actually. One guy said, I encourage every Twitter employee to go outside and take a walk. And then it shows someone walking through this weird, rocky, I don't know, fashion show or something. Okay, whatever. One image featured a mock-up of Mark Zuckerberg as a priest welcoming newcomers to his flock. Dude, I hope they all go to Facebook. This is something I'll tell you internally. You know, we're talking about proper promotion for the news articles we write at TimCast.com. The, 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 here's, here's how it's supposed to work. We write the news because we think it's important. I hire a bunch of journalists because I care about factual news. However, news does serve a purpose. People want to read the news. They they see these stories and they, they grab their attention. When people do, it brings them to TimCast.com. From there, we're hoping we can convert some of these people into members. Now, we've not fully implemented that system, but it's basically advertising, right? Our journalists are wholly just supported by you. But in talking about social media, we're like, what's the point of Facebook anymore? It's just a bunch of older people. No offense to older people, but, you know, look, we're going to implement some kind of Facebook sharing strategy for articles. But the reality is nobody cares, So how are people sharing articles these days? Twitter actually is picking up a lot of it, but younger people don't use Twitter either. So this is going to be interesting. I wonder if a reason, a big reason for the push towards TikTok and Instagram is that the powers that be say, we want media social, social media formats, not social text formats. You know what I mean? With Twitter and Facebook, articles can be shared and shared very well. This shatters narrative control of the big corporations. You eliminate them from the next generation. You tell the next generation, you don't need to worry about Facebook. Facebook's for old people. Get them to use things like TikTok, where they're dancing and posting memes instead. And then the next generation won't be sharing news articles. They'll be sharing memes. And let the news do the news and the TV tell you the news. And these platforms will ban anybody who dares challenge them when it comes to narrative control. Maybe. Elon Musk says, buying Twitter is an accelerant to creating X. The everything app. What does that even mean? All right. I imagine he's going to have some kind of like payment processor, an app for for cars, for Ubers and all that stuff. Sure. Fine, I guess. But phones are basically this. I have a phone. I open it. I have car. I have text. I have, you know, payment processor. I have bank messaging. So uh, mes- messaging, messaging. And so what do I need one app to do all that for? I don't know, but I suppose that's what he's doing. They're going to mention it's a surprising U-turn. Now Twitter is up to fifty-two dollars, but I do think it's absolutely fascinating that the hypocrisy is so easily exemplified with things like this. Robert Wright, he's got a bunch of tweets like this. Many on the left, they have tweets like this. I find it absolutely hilarious. Okay, all right, let's let's see what 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 the left is saying now. Let's see. Duty to warn. What is this? Duty to warn. Who are they? Three hundred fifty-nine thousand followers. An Association of Mental Health Professionals warning about Trumpism. They tweeted, Elon Musk is a national security threat, a Russian friendly Republican billionaire who has promised to flood Twitter with misinformation, a.k.a. free speech, and bring back Trump uh, and is threatening to buy Twitter. What? Again, he must be stopped. Most important, we're five weeks away from a crucial midterm election, and we know the right wants to distract us with shiny objects and put forth any messaging that might keep us from voting. So it's important to see any new development announcement like this one in that context. What an accidental admission. Right there. We're very close to a midterm, and the right wants to be able to share information. They're they're telling you what they do. I love this. On the Wikipedia page for little old me, It says something like Tim Pool has amplified claims that that conservatives face persecution at the hands of big tech. And I'm like, dude, they're screaming it in your faces now. We have documents released showing the White House going to big tech being like, why aren't you banning these people? Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. that's eight, seven, seven, six, four, six, five, three, four, seven. We have government funded organizations putting out lists saying like these people are spreading misinformation. How much more evidence do you need? I was right. It is true. It happened. And it was Gizmodo who first published the story that Facebook was suppressing conservative news. That's a leftist publication. Now they're outright saying it. They want to bring back free speech. But free speech means misinformation. What does misinformation mean? That's the the important point. Disinformation and misinformation are two different things. So what does misinformation mean? Are you implying that they want to allow people to be wrong? Disinformation refers to people trying to spread intentional misinformation. Misinformation means people are wrong. I think people are allowed to be wrong. Should people, uh, are people not allowed to be wrong? That's an amazing thing, because then who determines who is right and who gets to speak? This is the game they are playing. It's absolutely just amazing. Here's another one. This guy, uh, this this guy, this is just, you know, I don't know this guy. It's 10,000 followers, tennis blogger. It looks like Twitter has had a big purge and removed all the bot accounts. That's like a quarter of the Rafa fan base on here taken out in one single scoop. Then we have uh, Jake Shields here saying... People are losing followers because Twitter needs to purge the bots before Elon takes over. Perhaps Rob Reiner. Ooh, let's see what he had to say. Eyes on the prize. Vote blue, indict Trump, save democracy. Any any word uh, on uh, uh, on Elon Musk? No, I don't I don't think so. I think that many of these people have said what they've had to say and they just all they can do is tweet about Trump. Rob Reiner's got two million followers. But here we go. We know the game. We know what, what they're doing. We know why they're doing it. In response to Duty to warn, we have a lot of people. One guy said, Russia friendly. What are you talking about? His family have paved the way, donating to Ukraine during the crisis. His Starlink system has given Ukraine a lifeline in the war. Also, stop lying. Clearly, Elon's actions speak louder than words. This is, isn't it quite interesting? Duty to warn. They say that he's a Russia friendly Republican billionaire, despite the fact that he sent Starlink to Ukraine which is one of the principal reasons for their success. Their ability to communicate on the front line has remained strong, and Russia is not happy about it. Now they're trying to claim that the U.S. was paying for these satellites, but Elon Musk comes out and he's like, or oh, for these, these, these uh, satellite dishes, Starlink receivers or broadcast, whatever you call them. And Elon's like, that's not true. Like, we're paying for the, for the majority of this. Elon Musk comes out with a tweet saying, he wants there to be peace. We don't want nuclear war. The big news we have right now that I may uh, save for 4 p.m. is that Ukraine is preparing for a nuclear strike. I'm sorry, I'm with Elon Musk on this one. Dude's not perfect. But when he comes out and says, we need peace, we don't want, you know, escalation of war, he's right. In response, the warmongers, the bots, the leftists, the liberals are all like, war, yeah, blow up more kids. (laughs) Obama did it. I love it. The Democrats are all about just killing kids. Let's throw Let's go. Let's go there. Let's go there. For whatever reason, many of the Democrat policies lead in one direction, killing kids. Less kids is probably a better way to put it, but killing kids. Yes. So there's a conspiracy theory. The conspiracy theory is that there is a cabal of powerful political elites that want to reduce the population. What a crazy conspiracy. Me? I don't have any information that would prove their intent to do so. I do know that Bill Gates has publicly stated we should reduce population growth. So I guess it's not a conspiracy theory if he says he wants to do it. Sure. But you take a look at Democrat policy. And this is a bit separate. What have you got? Abortion. Advocating for and expanding abortion. Sterilizing kids. Well, whatever the intention is there, I don't know. It may just be women's rights and it may just be protecting trans children. Fine. The end result is going to be less people. And then my favorite Democrat policy... Barack Obama blowing up kids, blowing them up, too many of them. That was uh, Seamus's joke. He was like, Barack Obama's like, got to blow up kids, too many of them. That's what he was doing. War accomplishes population reduction. So you take a look at their advocacy for a a potential uh, nuclear war, and it's like, do you want dark ages? Because this is how you get dark ages. I suppose they've been preparing for it, I guess, with their bunkers in New Zealand or whatever. So they're less concerned about if nuclear strikes wipe out most of the world population. I don't see it as being likely. But who, who, who am I to say? Things happen. That's it. Do, you know, is it uh, the question I like to ask is, is it in the realm of possibility? Is it possible that a nuclear strike hits several major cities and kills billions of people? Yeah, of course it is. We know these weapons exist. Tsunami bombs, multiple independently targeted re-entry vehicles, MIRVs as they're called. 50, the Satan II 50 megaton warhead. You've got gravity bombs like Sarbamba, which was, uh, what was that, the 70s? 100 megaton gravity bomb. Gravity bomb is when they just drop it. So yeah, very powerful, devastating weapons. Not to mention bioweapons. Who knows what they've developed there? So, if it really is true that their policies are leading in that direction, it's no surprise that they want and encourage war and lie about it. This account right here is the perfect example of how the left lies and manipulates. Elon Musk wants peace. Elon Musk donates satellites to help Ukraine. Hey, I've been waiting for Starlink forever, and this guy sent him off to Ukraine. I'm like, yo, what about me? Well, I eventually did get my Starlink, and uh, the upload rate isn't that great, but they do work. It is good, low latency low orbit, uh, low earth orbit satellites. It's a great development. I wish the upload rate was actually like usable. I thought it was gonna be 100 megabits. It's like five. Can't really do much business wise with that. But for a lot of people who live in the middle of nowhere who have no internet, this is access to high speed internet at the snap of a finger. Standard satellite is low latency. So we've got a couple sat we've got a uh, uh, satellite backup here for TimCast for the studios for the show, and the speeds are like five or six megabits, but the latency is like three hundred fifty milliseconds, which kind of sucks. Kind of sucks. So that means uh, when we've when we do IRL and we've we've fallen back onto satellite when the internet's cut out, uh, and it's really amazing at night. Like we'll lose power or something happens, and then we're using satellite to broadcast. It works. It's choppy though. With Starlink, it's better but it's just not fast enough. There's not enough data transmission for us to do the broadcast like we normally do. So anyway, I digress. Here's the point. Elon believes there should be more people. He's publicly stated it. He wants to buy Twitter. These people think there should be less people. There's a battle for good and evil. There are people who want to, who believe there are too many people, whatever that manifests in, either because of climate change or for whatever, they want less people. How will that manifest itself? Simple. They will Engage in policies of death and destruction. That's a negative. Elon Musk says we need more people. I agree with Elon Musk. More people means more labor, means more specialties, means more technological advancement. But what we need is proper management, and the problem is cities are overcrowded and disgusting. We need a cultural change of some sort. Doesn't mean you have to eat bugs, get chickens. There's a uh, there's a meme that I think I think I don't know if one of our crew made. It's a chicken saying, I will eat the bugs, I will live in the pod, and then I will give you my eggs. And I'm like, hey, that's a pretty good one. We should make a shirt. I'm not going to eat the bugs. I'm not going to live in the pod. I'm not a chicken. My chickens will do that for me, and then I will eat their eggs and then eat them. The best part, chickens make more of themselves. How about that? This is the hypocrisy. I'm excited, man. It's Wednesday. I don't know when this deal is going to be finalized. They say by next week. Well, all right, then. Let's see how that plays out. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I saw a meme on Facebook, as I so often do, and it said transporting migrants across the country to places they don't want to go to. This is trafficking, and it's abhorrent, blah, blah. And I responded with, "Uh, are you talking about Joe Biden or Ron DeSantis? And the immediate response is, Joe Biden isn't doing this which is amazing because these people don't read the news. I don't know how they get their information. I'm assuming it must be like, I don't know, CNN or MSNBC or something. But it's like, how did you miss this whole news cycle where the White House has been trafficking people? As a big argument after Ron DeSantis sent migrants to Martha's Vineyard. And they said that, that's, that they said it was trafficking. And then a bunch of liberals were like, well, it's not really trafficking because trafficking is when you're transporting people to exploit them for some reason. And that's like the official reason. And then we heard Nancy Pelosi come out and say, these farmers are complaining because they want these these immigrants to pick their crops. Ah, so the Democrats are trafficking people because they want them to pick crops. At least that's what Nancy Pelosi said. Ron DeSantis did it because Martha's Vineyard is a sanctuary city that this the, Massachusetts says, come one, come all. OK, if we don't have enough space in Texas or Florida, Martha's Vineyard it is. And then they tried coming out. Ron DeSantis is trafficking people. Well, enough, enough hemming and Hahn, my friends. Here's the news. Quote, they need to be sent back to their home country. Ron DeSantis tears into illegal alien looters who should not be in the U.S. at all after they were arrested for ransacking homes devastated by Hurricane Ian. There it is. Illegal immigrants looting people's houses. Come on. That's all I got to say is come on, man. It's as ridiculous that we have to be dealing with any kind of illegal immigrant looting. Here's a sign. No trespassing looters shot. Here's another one. You loot, we shoot. Looters killed free. I don't want to see anybody killed. I don't want to see these, these horrifying stories, man. I don't want to see it. But there are looters. There are people who are looking to exploit those who have lost everything, whose lives have been upended by a once in a lifetime storm. And some of these people don't even live in this country. They come here and then exploit and destroy. And it is Joe Biden. Joe Biden and it is Democrats that are protecting this. The Daily Mail reports, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis revealed Tuesday that three of the four looting suspects arrested in Lee County were in the U.S. illegally. The Republican executive made the revelation during a news conference in Fort Myers on Tuesday as he gave an update about the response to Hurricane Ian. DeSantis focused on law and order in southwest Florida and drew a connection between that and his opposition to uh, that at his op and his opposition to President Joe Biden's immigration policies, these are people that are foreigners. They're illegally in our country, but not only that, they try to loot and ransack in the aftermath of a natural disaster. DeSantis explained, "I lived in Florida once. This was, what was this? Was this? Um, I think it was like 20 through, through 2015. I think I lived in in uh, Florida throughout uh, 2015. I think that's when it was." And I was in the Redlands, which is like 40 miles west-southwest of Miami. It is uh, just north of, I think, Homestead was the area, and that's where they have one of these uh, migrant detention centers. I was told a story by the locals. Some guy was taking a shower. You may have heard me tell this story. Taking a shower, when he hears a noise downstairs in his house, he's taking a shower upstairs. He puts his towel on. He walks down, and there are two dudes, and they go bang, bang, and kill him. Two to the chest. Guy dies. The dudes who were ransacking the house got arrested. Turns out they were illegal immigrants. I think it's an important story. And I tell people, do you know why conservatives want guns and why they're upset with illegal immigration? I went to a Trump rally and there was they were honoring this uh, this woman, honoring the child, her child. He had been killed by an illegal immigrant. We also have that story. I think it was San Francisco where that woman was with her dad and the illegal immigrant for no reason just fired a gun. There are people who are simply saying if they were not here, these things would not have happened. Now, there's still crime. Chicago has a bunch of U.S. citizens committing crimes and and shooting things. I get it. But this is why people are upset about illegal immigration, because these are people who are breaking the laws of this country to enter this country. And many of these people, not all of them, but many of them are committing these crimes. How about those who are trying to enter the country, don't commit a crime in the process. You want to talk about why they want guns? Well, this dude out in Florida should have been armed. He heard a noise. He should have checked armed. He wasn't. But what's he supposed to do? See, here's the issue. I hear a noise in my living room. I'm in my bedroom. I hear a noise. Do I uh, just mosey on out and then say, is there a burglar here to kill me? Or do I call the police? And then say, officer, I heard a noise in my living room. They're going to be like, and I don't know what it is. Or do I say this may or may not be a threat? I'm not sure. Take my firearm, which I keep it, keep with me at all times. And then very carefully go and s- s- check, check my, uh, my property. Unfortunately, that's reality. Do I want to carry a weapon around like this? No, but this is what life is. What if it was a bear? Yeah, I don't think I've got a weapon that can take on a bear. If a bear broke into my 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 house and all I had was a handgun, probably not going to do me too well. Would want to back away slowly. But uh, you know, it would it's it's better than nothing. But that's the crazy reality. In the Democrat run cities, they will let illegal immigrants criminals come to your town. They will let they they will ransack. They will kill you. They will rob you. And they'll say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, but it's not that they're illegal immigrants." No, 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 no. Listen. You have an issue with people, not all of them. Like Trump said, I'm talking about these people, the looters. I'm not talking about the mom and and, and her daughter or the dad who are trying to come here for a good life. I'm talking about the fact that there are very real criminals coming across the border, drug trafficking, gangs, and they're coming to loot your homes. We should be allowed to defend ourselves. Why these men were allowed in. It's just it's nightmarish. What's the point of these immigration rules? Immigration laws, if we're going, if they're going to be ignored, if California is going to create passages for people to come in, quote, they should be prosecuted, but they need to be sent back to their home country. They should not be here at all. The four men were arrested on charges of burglary of an unoccupied structure during a state of emergency. The individuals aged between 20 and 33 were booked for ransacking devastated homes and businesses on Fort Myers Beach while they suffered in the wake of of the raging torrent. All four looters were arrested on September 29th, but documents reveal they were released after posting $35,000 bonds each. Jeez. You know what, man? Our, our our communities, it's just crazy. Look at this. Suspected looters. The oldest looting suspect is Omar Mejia Ortiz, 33, he lives in Imokali, meaning he traveled at least 50 miles to Fort Myers Beach to ransack the ruinous shops and homes. Valerie Celeste Salcido Mena, 26, made her way from Cape Coral, which is at least 40 minutes. The youngest two suspects were arrested for looting. Seem to be related to Brandon Mauricio Araya, and uh, oh, they seem to be related, the two Araya brothers. The young men, both age 20, traveled from the same address before finding themselves booked in Lee County. All four suspects were booked for the same crime: burglary of an unoccupied structure during a state of emergency, and will face a hearing on October 31st at Lee. County, uh, Lee County's circuit court. Lee County currently has a curfew and a zero tolerance policy against looting. There are people, believe it or not, who come here to exploit our goodwill and cause us harm. How do we find out who that is? I don't want to see children dying in the desert. I don't want to see moms and dads who are simply trying to escape violence and find a better life dying in the desert either. I got an idea. Hear me out. How about Everybody comes here and goes to, a, a, they, they come to the border where they can apply for asylum and then wait. Or they go to a consulate or embassy and say, here's my case. And then we try and uh, background check and, and figure out who these people are and figure out the best case scenario for them. It's crazy, right? Like, what if, what if people had to come to say, like, there's like a checkpoint, like a guard, and they would take your information down and determine whether or not You are actually a refugee to make sure that these criminals who want to hurt us don't get in. What's that? We we do that. Oh, Uh, and the criminals still get in. Whoa. Maybe we should set up some kind of barriers. Maybe we should create a process by which states can deport people. Maybe we should take this seriously. Someone who is willing to break the law to get in this country has a higher likelihood of being a criminal who will loot your home than someone just seeking uh, asyl- uh, asylum. Well, here we go, baby. From TimCast.com. D.C. City Council Committee approves bill allowing non-citizens to vote. Lawmakers considered racial equity assessment before passing the measure. There you go. I don't get it. I mean, we can come up with all the reasons in the world why Democrats are allowing this to happen. Choose your, uh, Take your pick. What's the reason? I think they're gutting and destroying this country. That's That's fairly obvious. Whether that's their intent, maybe they're just really dumb. But what's happening? Yeah, they're destroying the country. They say the Washington, D.C. City Council Committee has just advanced a bill that would give non-U.S. citizens the right to vote. The measure was approved with a 12 to 1 vote on October 4th by the Committee on Judiciary and Public Safety. The Local Resident Voting Rights Amendment Act of 2021- would amend a 1955 law to allow non-citizen permanent residents to vote in local elections. And so it begins. According to the bill, non-citizens should be able to vote in an election for mayor, city council, attorney general, state board of educator, or commissioner. No, they shouldn't. There is a reason why we have citizenship. It's not an arbitrary thing. These are not citizens of this country. Their allegiance is to a different country. Just because they live here. Doesn't mean they should be able to have any say in any of our elections. But this is the leak. You see, it starts with this Legal, permanent residents, they can vote. What are they gonna vote for? They will continually vote for politicians and policy that will open the floodgates. And they wanna bring their families in, right? They wanna make it easier. Well, there you go. Should the bill pass? Non-citizens will also be able to cast ballots for any initiative, referendum, recall, or charter referendum on a district ballot. So, um, you know, they'll they'll start passing laws saying sanctuary. Should the city arrest illegal immigrants? They'll say no. There you go. Now, to be fair, I think a lot of legal residents, legal immigrants, probably don't like illegal immigrants for a variety of reasons. They're going to say the bill was is, is eminently supportable, except for one aspect about it. And I asked this question to the committee as a whole. Could someone who took the bus from Texas or was put on the bus from Texas or wherever and dropped off the vice president's property and then remained in the District of Columbia for 30 days and was 18 years old, could that person then vote in our local elections? And the answer was yes. They are outright saying it will not just be permanent residents; They're saying it will be illegal immigrants. People who enter the country illegally, they can hide hide in an alleyway for 30 days, and now they're voting? It's insane. You know, this country is being gutted. hope y'all are paying attention. They reported she voted against the bill, uh, wanting a longer threshold for residency than the 30-day benchmark. After committee members advanced the bill, they issued a report recommending the full city council approve the law, citing in part racial equity. B240300 is the next step in the expansion of the franchise. The purpose of the bill is to expand voting rights in local elections to otherwise eligible residents of the district who are not U.S. citizens. Are you paying attention to what's happening? Look, I think we're doing really well in the culture war. You know, that that bros movie bombed. Nobody wanted to see it. It's a wake up call. Like no, no, no beef to Billy Eichner for making a movie. I don't care about that. Like, congratulations. I'm just saying wake up call to the industries this stuff does not make money. That's good news for us. But right now, there is still the legislative battle. And in Democrat-controlled cities, they are ripping apart everything. They also explained that the bill, as introduced, would have only expanded the right to vote to local permanent residents. And the committee amended the bill's provisions to include all non-citizen residents. And it does not distinguish between arbitrary immigration statuses. So here you go. You're a tourist on a three-month visa. How about that? A tourist on a three-month visa after 30 days in D.C. is a legal resident. They got to leave in two months, but they can vote to burn the whole place down. That is insane. You get elections coming up. Someone says, oh, I got to go one month before the election so I can legally vote. And then non-citizens come in and they vote to destroy this country. You know, the way I have to explain it, imagine you uh, live with two other roommates and uh, y'all pitch in to the uh, pizza party pool. You know, every week you put five bucks in the jar between the three of you. By the end of the week, you got enough to get some beers and some pizzas and hang out. All right. You got, what is that going to come out to about 60 bucks? You can get a couple pizzas and a 12 pack. One day, uh, one of your roommates opens the door and some dude walks in. And he starts eating your pizza and you're like, hey, come on, guys, like we only have a couple pizzas. It's for the three of us. And I'm like, hey, it's just one guy, you know, he's just coming like he's just he's sharing a little bit. And you're like, OK, fine, whatever. Another guy comes in, starts taking the pizza. OK, now you're getting a lot less. You ask them, are you guys going to pitch in or not? And they say, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll pitch in. Then your roommate says, I think we should allow them to have a say in what kind of food we order. And you go, dude, they don't live here. I paid for this. I've I I I paid the the deposit for the water bill. I paid the deposit for the electric bill. I paid to fix the locks. We all pitched in for this. These guys just showed up. I think they should be allowed. I think they should. And then your second roommate, the other roommate, goes, "Yeah, I don't really care, man. It's fine by me." And then you're sitting there being like, "Dude, are you kidding?" Now you've got four against one. Used to be the three of you. Now there's four people. These two guys go. I, I, uh, I think we should allow uh, our families to come. And then you're like, no, you can't do that. And they're like, well, there's two of them and one of you. Like how they don't even live here. Why are they getting a say in who gets to come into my house? Well, you know, they've been here for a couple days. Like they should get a vote. Do you see how insane that is? It scales. The left tries to act like this stuff doesn't scale. They're like, uh, a country is not a house. Oikonomia, the word in Greek, that's where the word economy comes from. Oikonomia, probably pronouncing it wrong, but it means household management. I learned that from my good friends over at the Juice Rap News. Hugo Ferrant, shout out. Uh, Oikonomia, household management. Yes, over a long enough period of time with the expansion and scale. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. There are a lot of libertarians that think borders are stupid. I had a conversation with one guy and he was like, you believe in borders? And I was like, yes. And he's like, you think there's an imaginary line? And like, for some reason, and I was like, yes. <laughs> Calling it an imaginary line doesn't change the fact that it matters. You cannot have rules and laws and, and, and you can't have a functioning system without this demarcation. The border by which we say, when you're here in our house, You have to abide by the rules that we agree with. You and your other roommates all agree that you can't throw garbage on the floor. But one day, you have a bunch of friends come over and they throw garbage on the floor. And you tell them, guys, you can't do that. And they go, I vote you can. And you go, dude, what? You don't live here. Too bad. We vote we can. People keep sneaking in the house and throwing garbage on the floor. They don't care. They don't live there. I'll tell you one thing, man. Anybody who's ever managed a large building probably knows exactly what it's like trying to deal with this stuff. Let me just say, with uh, the multiple facilities that we have for Timcast, it is crazy how often people just don't care. Leaving food out, leaving windows open with the AC on. And you know what it is? They don't live here. So people will be like, oh, yeah, I didn't think it was a big deal. And you're like, dude, we have to be here all the time. It costs money when you do these things. And then I'm supposed to be told that these people who enter the country illegally are going to be allowed to vote. These people that looted in Florida, they can go up to DC and they can vote. Now, how does that make sense? Well, this is why it's so important that y'all go out and vote, man. The midterms are about a month out. Ron DeSantis has an 11 point lead over Charlie Crist, according to FloridaPolitics.com. It's good news. It's good news. It's important news. Ron DeSantis is doing a great job. He's calling out the BS. He's calling out these looters, and he's calling out the rioters. So I look forward to seeing, you know, seeing what happens. But uh, I think I think we are facing dark days. You know, we talk about the Strauss-Howe generational theory, the fourth turning. Four years out should be the peak of, of chaos, whatever it ends up being. If it turns out to be true, maybe it won't be. I don't know. The fourth turning. 80 years ago, was World War II. 80 years before that, it was a civil war. 80 years before that, it was the Revolutionary War. But we did have a World War I. So we did have a very tumultuous period for like 20 years. Right now, things have been pretty good. So maybe Strauss's generational theory isn't going to prove, prove, prove itself to be correct all the time. Or maybe it's, it is here. I mean, we had the pandemic. We had the lockdowns, the authoritarianism around the world. Maybe. You got to wonder about what's going on, especially with nuclear war. Maybe the strauss how generational theory is predicting World War III. It will be 2024. Could be the start of World War III, followed by an armistice and followed by World War IV. I got no idea, man. Can't see the future. What I do know is, as I've mentioned in the previous segment, we'll talk about it in a second, Ukraine, Ukraine is, eva- is preparing evacuations because they think a nuclear strike may be coming. A nuclear strike. There's a lot of crazy news, my friends. Poland is now talking to NATO about deploying nuclear weapons to their territory. And holy... I hope you've gotten away from the cities. I hope you've taken the time to prepare for the potential worst case scenario. I don't know what it'll turn out to be. But I can tell you here at home, we're facing major crises. Looting, hurricanes, illegal immigration, crime skyrocketing. And internationally, we've got a government that is seemingly okay with World War III. And you get someone like Elon Musk coming out being like, guys, please, no, and they mock him. Yeah, we can't live like this, man. Something dark is coming. I think we'll be okay. Humans will make it out. And if you prepare for this, you'll be good. Chance favors the prepared. So pay attention to what's going on. It may be nothing. The war may bo- may, may just simmer down or may boil over. It's up to you to figure out what you think is going to happen and act appropriately. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award-winning agents who will walk you through the process step-by-step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work-life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com.